0: word to the book of 1st Thessalonians chapter 5 and we do beg that our Lord Jesus would be the good shepherd that would lead us in his paths uh, anew this day. 1st Thessalonians chapter 5. Here now the reading of God's very word beginning in verse 1. having put on the breastplate of faith and love, and for a helmet the hope of salvation. For God has not destined us for wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we might live with him. Therefore, encourage one another, And build one another up just as you are doing. We ask you, brothers, to respect those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you and to esteem them very highly in love because of their work. Be at peace among yourselves. And we urge you, brothers, admonish the idle, encourage the faint-hearted, Help the weak. Be patient with them all. See that no one repays anyone evil for evil. But always seek to do good to one another and to everyone. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the spirit, do not despise prophecies, but test everything. Hold fast what is good, abstain from every form of evil. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. And may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you, is faithful. He will surely do it. Our text is, again, verses 17 and 18. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Thus ends the reading of God's very word. Let's pray. Father, as your little children, we do need you, Lord Jesus, to be our good shepherd, not only to be uh, the one to make atonement for us by your precious blood that you shed upon the cross, but by your ministry uh, there in the very throne room of heaven in the temple that uh, is made without human hands. Uh, appearing in the presence uh, of of the Father on our behalf. Uh, Lord, praying for us and from your mighty throne in heaven, uh, reaching down your hand uh, by your blessed spirit uh, to not only apply the gospel to our hearts, but to keep us and revive us and restore us and so lord we cry to you that you would come this day and that you would take this the very word of your mouth that we have heard read and that lord you would come and preach it to our hearts write your word upon our hearts and lives Uh, that we would know you and love you and cling to you and live in you, O Lamb of God, our Good Shepherd. Bless us now. In Jesus we pray. Amen. Last Lord's Day, uh, we began looking at verse 17 and 18. Uh, Pray constantly or without ceasing Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Uh, We are to be a people who are constantly praying, uh, speaking uh, praise and words to our God, uh, crying for help. Um, In our hearts, we are to be praying as we go through the day. We are to be living. In a spirit of prayer, in humble dependence upon God, in acknowledgement uh, that He is with us uh, and that we live and move and have our being in Him. Uh, He is the one that uh, is uh, the center of our universe and everything revolves around Him. Uh, All of the gravitational pulls uh, are are focused in Him and His power and His goodness and His glory. And our lives revolve around Him just as the planets revolve around the sun. Well, uh, we began considering what this looks like practically. And we went over to the book of James, chapter 5, verse 13. And if you'll turn back there with me, in all circumstances, in everything, we are to be praying. And verse 13 of James, chapter 5, pretty well sums up the uh, spectrum of circumstances that we find ourselves in. Verse 13, is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. And so when we are at ease, when we have uh, pleasant uh, experiences, gifts that God showers upon us last Lord's Day, Uh, we saw that we ought to be stirred uh, to be saying thank you. Uh, We ought to be praising our great God. Now today we want to focus on the other uh, scenario uh, that we find ourselves in. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. This term over in 1st Thessalonians chapter 5 pray without ceasing this term prayer here is the most general term used in the New Testament for prayer Uh, it encompasses every aspect of prayer and God says that we are to pray without ceasing and now notice verse 18 giving thanks in all circumstances It's easy for us to see how we ought and should be giving thanks to God when we're at ease, when we're enjoying the gifts that God has showered upon us. That's easy for us to understand. Sadly, it's hard for us to get in the habit of doing. The Lord warned his people. In Deuteronomy chapter 8, he says, Beware, when you go into the land that I've promised to give, um, beware, lest your hearts be puffed up. And you say, oh, my hand and my power uh, have gathered all of these things uh, to me. And the Lord says, but you shall remember... That it is the Lord your God who is giving you all of these things and giving you the power to gain wealth. Well, that's what we looked at last Lord's Day. Uh, It's easy for us to understand how we ought to give thanks to God. It's the will of God for us to be giving thanks to God. But what about when times are tough? Is that a time to give thanks to God? Well, if you would turn with me, first of all, to the book of Ephesians, the book of Ephesians chapter 5, and we'll begin reading in verse 18, but let's go up to verse 15. Look carefully then how you walk. Not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. Now, what he means by that phrase, the days are evil, is just that we live in a fallen world. And we are going to be confronted uh, with the reality of the fall, of Adam's sin. uh, In our own hearts, with remaining sin... In the lives of others, uh, uh, there's sin. Uh, We live in a world where there's sorrow and sickness and brokenness. Uh, There's death. There's broken relationships. There's all kinds of things uh, that uh, confront us. Well, he says in verse 17, Therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the will of, of the Lord is. And we're going to be talking this morning about the Lord's will. Over in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, God says it is his will that we be giving thanks in all circumstances. No matter what our circumstances are, we ought to be praying. We ought to be saying thank you to God. Well, let's keep reading. Verse 18. And do not get drunk, With wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. Um, The contrast here is what happens when someone is drunk with wine? Well, they are under the influence, we call it. Uh, They are being controlled uh, by a substance outside of themselves. Uh, to say and do and think things that normally they would not necessarily say or think or do. And this leads to destruction, debauchery, riotous living that ends in destruction. And God warns against the sin of drunkenness. We see uh, the first glimpse of the horror of that sin in Genesis chapter 9 with the godly man Noah uh, who fell into that sin. Uh, we see throughout the scriptures uh, that this is a deadly uh, uh, path. Uh, for people to give themselves to and God says do not get drunk with wine for that is riotous living that will lead to destruction but we do need something outside of ourselves to control us to give us the ability to do things that normally we would not left to ourselves do not in the realm of darkness but to do what is right in God's sight. And so, he says, in contrast to being drunk with wine, we need to be filled with the Spirit. This uh, uh, verb, filled here, is in the present tense, denoting continuous action. It's not a one-time thing. But it is that we are continually in need of the presence and of the operation and our response to the living God, to the Spirit of, of Christ, uh, to the one who comes and takes up residence in our heart. Uh, in First Thessalonians chapter five, we're going to come, Uh, here soon to a verse that talks about quenching not the Spirit. And it's a reference now to the Christians' uh, utter dependence upon the saving presence of God in our hearts uh, to be a Christian and live the Christian life. And so to be filled with the Spirit, a synonym for filled would be controlled. Uh, that we are constantly in need of looking to Jesus and saying, Lord, I'm begging you, I'm depending on you, I'm trusting in you to not only wash my sins away, but to keep me and hold on to me, uh, to restore me, to revive me. And then in verses 19, 20, and 21 of Ephesians 5, there are a series of participles that describe what it looks like to be filled with the Spirit. What does it look like to be continuously controlled by the Spirit of the living God, by Christ Himself coming by His Spirit and living and animating Uh, The life of his child. Now, you know what a participle is. And now you young people take special note of this. Just remember this. When you are um, working on English grammar and your eyes are beginning to glaze over and you think, oh, why would I ever need to know what a participle is? Well, here we are. What is a participle? And a participle is a verb, an action word, that is used as an adjective, a descriptive word or phrase. And here we have a series of participle phrases, participial phrases that describe for us what it looks like, what it means to be controlled by the Spirit. Look at verse 19 addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, <coughs> singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart. What, what happens when Jesus comes by His Spirit and cleanses us and takes up residence? Well, first of all, uh, to be controlled by the Spirit, to be one who is filled with the Spirit, it means we're going to be a people who, like we saw last Lord's Day, love to give thanks to God. Uh, we love to sing praise to our God. Um, wherever we go, we, we are confronted uh, with God's power, with His handiwork, with the need for His saving mercy. And so we're a people who are not only singing, but we're addressing one another. It's not enough for us to just sing. We have to invite those around us. Join with me in this hymn of praise to God. Look at the next phrase, verse 20. Giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then the next phrase, submitting to one another out of reverence or fear for Christ. Now, verse 21, submitting to one another. uh, Here's the picture of us being placed by Almighty God in various stations of life. And we view ourselves as God's servant. God has put me... As a husband, put me as a wife, put me as a parent, put me as a son or a daughter, put me in this church family and I want to serve Jesus. I want to submit to Jesus and carry out the role that he has assigned in all of these various stations because I stand in awe of Christ. But the one I want you to notice, is verse 20, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so here is one of the character traits, if you will, of a person being alive in Jesus, being filled with the Spirit. We're a people who are giving thanks. We're saying thank you to God, but notice, always. And for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Another passage that is helpful for us uh, is over in the book of Philippians. And so if you'll turn with me. The book of Philippians chapter 4, we spent a couple of weeks ago a a lot of time going through the book of Philippians, but we're just going to look uh, at three verses, actually four verses in uh, chapter 4. Verse 4, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. We ought to be rejoicing always. And you remember the Apostle Paul was in prison awaiting the verdict of the emperor of Rome when he writes this. Um, He doesn't know whether he is going to be executed or whether Caesar is going to say you're free to go. And he'll have the joy of preaching the gospel again openly. He had the joy of preaching the gospel there in that house. And the whole praetorian guard um, had come to know uh, the Lord Jesus. And I want you to notice in verses 21 and 22 what had happened. Greet every saint in Christ Jesus. The brothers who are with me greet you all the saints greet you especially those of Caesar's household and so here the apostle paul in chapter 1 we had uh, noted that that the whole praetorian guard who had been assigned by caesar to guard <coughs> this dangerous prisoner he had preached the gospel to the whole praetorian guard by the time He's writing the book of Philippians. And not only had he shared the gospel, but the gospel had made inroads. (coughs) Not only to the Praetorian Guard, but Caesar's own household. People were becoming Christians. The gospel was spreading. It was the most contagious thing known to man. And it could not be stopped. Praise God. And so the Apostle Paul, he says, Rejoice! God is at work. Look at verse 5. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Not only uh, do we rejoice in the Lord because of who He is. And you can think about all of the perfections of God. All that God says about himself. And I would encourage you as you read the scriptures uh, to get a, 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 a marker uh, or a, a, a tablet and just start writing down the things God says about himself. You'll be amazed. Uh, God's a faithful God. He's a God of truth. He's full of mercy. He's love, He's holy, He's just, He's a God of wrath, on and on and on. And then you can make another list for the promises of God. And of course, at the head of that is John 3, 16. And 1 John chapter 1. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins, and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Uh, We need to be making note. And then we need to be praying over those truths about who God is. That's what the Apostle Paul shows us, examples for us here in Philippians 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. Even sitting in prison. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness. um, In other translations, it's patience. But it's this picture of taking account of what's going on and living in light of reality. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. In other words... Uh, you have this confidence for life to face all of the storms of life. Why? The Lord is at hand. God is here with me and he has me in his hands. Do not be anxious about anything. Don't worry about anything. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And so Ephesians 5 tells us that the way we are able to give thanks in everything is as people who are redeemed and Jesus is living in us by His Spirit, we have life in Him. Even in the face of difficulties. And we are those who have a God who is worthy of praise even in the face of difficulties and a god who is still god even in the midst of our storms and there is no one who can pull him off of his throne satan cannot the demons of hell cannot evil men and women cannot evil movements cannot evil rulers cannot Powerful men and women who hate Christ cannot dethrone the Lamb of God. And so in everything, God tells us to give thanks. The will of God is for us even in the face of difficulties and heartaches to remember who our God is. Now we want to look at a couple of examples that I think will give us more information about this matter of giving thanks to God in the midst of suffering. Um, For example, if you will turn with me to Acts chapter 5. Acts chapter 5. Here we have... um, Acts chapter 5, Peter and John, uh, they have been arrested, they have been threatened, do not preach anymore in the name of Jesus, Uh, they have been released, they went back to preaching again, Uh, they were arrested, and this time, the Lord delivers them from prison in a miraculous way. Uh, Look uh, in chapter 5, in verse 17. But the high priest rose up, and all who were with him, that is the party of the Sadducees, and filled with jealousy, they arrested the apostles and put them in the public prison. But during the night, An angel of the Lord opened the prison doors and brought them out and said, Go and stand in the temple and speak to the people all the words of this life. And when they heard this, they entered the temple at daybreak and began to teach. Now, are these apostles thinking about their own ease and well-being? I'll give you a hint. No. (laughs) What are they thinking about? They're thinking about pleasing God. And one of the things that we will see over and over in these examples is that when we are in distress, we will find ourselves Being greatly encouraged and comforted when we look past ourselves and we see Jesus. We remember Him, who He is. And so, when they heard this, they entered the temple at daybreak and began to teach. Now when the high priest came and those who were with him, they called together the council. All the senate of the people of Israel, the Sanhedrin met. The 70 elders... But when the officers, and they sent to the prison to have them brought, but when the officers came, they did not find them in the prison. So they returned and reported, We found the prison securely locked, the guards standing at the doors, but when we opened them, we found no one inside. Now when the captain of the temple and the chief priests heard these words, they were greatly perplexed about them, wondering what this would come to. And someone came and told them, Look, the men whom you put in prison are standing in the temple and teaching the people. And then the captain with the officers went and brought them, but not by force. For they were afraid of being stoned by the people. And when they had brought them, they set them before the council. And the high priest questioned them, saying, We strictly charged you not to teach in this name, yet here you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching, and you intend to bring this man's blood upon us. But Peter and the apostles answered, We must obey God rather than men. And wanted to kill them, but a Pharisee in the council named Gamaliel, a teacher of the law held in honor by all the people, stood up and gave orders to put the men outside for a little while. And so he gave his speech. He says, "Uh, I don't think this is a good idea, guys. I know you want to get rid of these guys, but my advice is uh, uh, threaten them, beat them, turn them loose. If these guys are really from God, as they claim, you do not want to find yourself fighting against God. And if they're not from God, uh, then they will be destroyed and swept away. And so down in verse 40, And when they had called in the apostles, they beat them and charged them not to speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. And then they left the presence of the council rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer dishonor for the name. You see, here were were men uh, who had been beaten, uh, but they are doing what? They're giving thanks in all circumstances. They're saying, Lord, uh, you have been pleased to use me, and it... Is not what I would have picked, but Lord, I praise you that you have given me the honor to suffer uh, dishonor, to suffer shame for your name. And every day in the temple and from house to house, they did not cease teaching and preaching that the Christ is Jesus. Another example over in Acts chapter 27. The Apostle Paul is under arrest and he is on his way to stand before Caesar at trial in Rome. And he had given advice. He said, it's not a good idea for us to press on in this journey. Uh, It's going to be a disaster. Uh, The ship will be lost. Uh, And uh, I'm concerned many lives will be lost. Uh, but the centurion who was in charge, he said, eh. uh, and so they press on. Well, uh, a storm comes, and um, they had uh, lost all hope. Um, look in verse uh, thirteen of Acts twenty-seven. And when the south wind blew gently supposing that they had obtained their purpose they weighed anchor and sailed along creek close to the shore but soon a tempestuous wind called the northeaster struck down from the land and when the ship was caught and could not face the wind we gave way to it and were driven along running under the lee of a small island called Kata. We managed with difficulty to secure the ship's boat After hoisting it up, they used supports to undergird the ship. And then fearing that they would run aground on Sartus, they lowered the gear and thus they were driven along. And since we were violently storm-tossed, they began the next day to jettison the cargo. And on the third day, they they threw the ship's tackle Overboard with their own hands when neither sun nor stars appeared for many days and no small tempest lay on us all hope of our being saved was at last abandoned and since they had been without food for a long time Paul stood up among them and said men you should have listened to me he said I told you so <laughs> you should have listened to me And not set sail from Crete and incurred this injury and loss. Yet now I urge you to take heart. For there will be no loss of life among you but only the ship. For this very night there stood before me an angel of the God to whom I belong. And whom I worship. And he said do not be afraid Paul. You must stand before Caesar. And behold. God has granted you all those who sail with you. Now, what is this business? God has granted you all who sail with you. Paul had been praying. He had been asking the Lord to spare the lives, not only his own life, but the lives of all of those who were on the ship. And it was a large number. It, it was uh, a close to 300 people. Look down in verse 36. Then all who uh, were encouraged ate some food themselves. We were in all 276 persons in the ship. That's a lot of people. And what's going to happen to this ship? Well, back to verse 25. So take heart, men. For I have faith in God that it will be exactly as I have been told. But we must run aground on some island. And when the 14th night had come, as we were being driven across the Adriatic Sea, about midnight the sailors suspected that they were nearing land. So they took a sounding and found 20 fathoms. A little farther on they took a sounding again and found 15 fathoms. And fearing that we might run on the rocks, they let down four anchors from the stern and prayed for day to come. And as the sailors were seeking to escape from the ship, and had lowered the ship's boat into the sea under pretense of laying out anchors from the bow, Paul said to the centurion and the soldiers, Unless these men stay in the ship, you cannot be saved. And then the soldiers cut away the ropes of the ship's boat and let it go. As day was about to dawn, Paul urged them all to take some food, saying, Today is the fourteenth day that you have continued in suspense and without food, having taken nothing. And therefore I urge you to take some food, for it will give you strength, for not a hair is to perish from the head of any of you. And when he had said these things, he took bread And giving thanks to God in the presence of all, he broke it and began to eat. And then they all were encouraged and ate some food themselves. Isn't that incredible? Here they're getting ready to have a shipwreck and Paul does what? He says, now we we need some nourishment. But what does he do before he eats? He gives thanks to God. Even in the face of this of this storm that is going to destroy this ship. Um, then they were all encouraged and ate some food themselves. We were in all 276 persons in the ship. And when they had eaten enough, they lightened the ship and throwing out the wheat into the sea. Now when it was day, they did not recognize the land, but they noticed a bay with a beach on which they planned, if possible, to run the ship ashore. So they cast off the anchors and left them in the sea, at the same time loosening the ropes that tied the rudders, and then hoisting the foresail to the wind they made for the beach. But but striking a reef, they ran the vessel aground. The bow stuck and remained immovable, and the stern was being broken up by the surf. And the soldiers' plan was to kill the prisoners lest they should swim away and escape. But the centurion, wishing to save Paul, kept them from carrying out their plan. He ordered those who could swim to jump overboard first and make for the land, and the rest on planks or on pieces of the ship. And so it was that all were brought safely. To land, Give thanks to the Lord in all circumstances. Because this matter of giving thanks, it's the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. And so when we find ourselves in difficult circumstances, what should we do? We should say, well, Lord, this is a surprising scenario that you have put me in. And Lord, I'm not really sure how you're going to bring praise to your name or how you're going to use me. But I rejoice that I'm in your hands. And I pray that you would take me and use me for your glory. Uh, That's what we see. We see that in the life of Joseph. And you remember in Genesis chapter 45, and we looked at that recently. Uh, Joseph has been threatened by his brothers uh, with death. Uh, They were planning on murdering their brother. And then at the last minute, they said, Let's not do that. Uh, His blood would be on our hands. Uh, Let's just sell him as a slave. And he'll be gone. Uh, They made up a lie to tell their old daddy, Jacob. um, Is this... Uh, Joseph's coat obviously it was the special coat uh, that Jacob had given to him a coat of many colors and it, they had killed a lamb and smeared some blood on it you know I guess a wild beast got him uh, and, and these hard hearted brothers watched their old daddy grieve day after day week after week month after month Uh, These hard-hearted brothers uh, uh, hear the cries of their brother Joseph uh, begging for mercy as he's being carried off in this caravan down to Egypt. Uh, This young man Joseph, uh, he is suffering, but what is he doing? He's looking to God. And over and over in that section in the book of, of Genesis it says, But God was with Joseph. And we are not given details of what all Joseph thought, but we know that by the time Joseph is elevated to be next to Pharaoh himself and the famine fills the land and there are five more years of famine and the brothers come and bow down before their kid brother, but they don't recognize him now because he's dressed as a Pharaoh of Egypt. And finally, Joseph reveals himself and you remember what he said so joseph said come near to me please and they came near and he said i am your brother joseph whom you sold into egypt and now do not be distressed or angry with yourselves because you sold me here for god sent me before you to preserve life What will keep you from despairing? It is to remember God in the face of all the difficulties that we face. God is at work. He is present. Oh, may the Lord write this upon my heart and each of your hearts, dear ones, to be those who trust Jesus even in the midst of the storm. Sadly, we too often are like the disciples. You remember the disciples were in the boat and a storm came and Jesus was asleep. And they woke Jesus up. And you remember the question they asked Jesus? Jesus, do you not even care that we are perishing? Jesus, what are you doing asleep? We're dying. Too often, that is how I am in the face of heartache and difficulties. I forget who's in the boat with me. And Jesus, he spoke to the wind and the waves. And he said, hush, be still. And immediately, the sea was like a sea of glass. And the wind stopped. And the disciples were amazed. Who is this that even the wind and the waves obey his voice? That's who is with us. And so when we remember who God is, we can give thanks, even in the face of difficulties. Even as Job, you remember what Job did the day that all of his children died. What did Job do? He tore his robe. He was in agony. He said, naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I have returned, I shall return. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In chapter 13, Job said, even though he slay me, yet I will trust in him. And in Job chapter 19, you remember what we saw. I know that my Redeemer lives. And Job said, now I'm not going to make it in this life. I'm a goner. He was wrong. But he was convinced that there was no way he could live. There was no way he would survive. And sometimes we find ourselves in circumstances like that. We think this is just too much. I'm not going to make it. But what did Job do? He continued to trust in Jesus. And he said, I know that my Redeemer lives and he will come and stand on this earth and with these eyes that are going to die and the worms are going to eat and they're going to turn back to dust with these very eyes, he's going to make me alive again and I will see him with these eyes. I will see him. And not another. And so that's what God calls upon us. That's how we pray without ceasing. Even in the face of difficulties. We pray, Lord, you have made promises to me. Hebrews 13. For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Therefore, we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can mere man do unto me? Romans chapter 8. We know that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared to the glory that will be revealed in us. We know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called, According to his purpose. We find great comfort. And we even give thanks. Even as tears course down our cheeks. God is still God. He is still good. And we rejoice to give ourselves to him. Take me Lord Jesus. And use me for your glory. As you see fit. Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Let's pray. Father, we ask that you would write these things upon our hearts. We confess, Lord, that it's so easy for us to lose sight of you. When times are good, O Lord, we're in danger of our hearts being puffed up with pride and arrogance and we forget you. Oh Lord, don't let us do that. Please give us grace. Lord, give us uh, not only the gifts that you would shower upon us, but the grace with them to remember to give you thanks. And then, Lord, we beg that you would keep us in times of sorrow and suffering and difficulty. That, Lord, you would keep uh, uh, opening our eyes. You would keep coming by your Spirit and whisper uh, your gospel to our hearts. That you who spared not your own Son, that with Him surely you will give us all things. And so, Lord, give us hearts that pray without ceasing. Oh, Lord, that's our desire. And you've told us in this passage we are to do it in all circumstances because that is what you wish. It is your revealed will uh, for us in Christ Jesus. And we delight to give ourselves to you. Grow us to experience these verses more and more. Bless me as we sing. In Jesus we pray. Amen.